week on Trash Talk, Albers Nigel Matravers comes on the show today to discuss with Marcy Trent Long about the idea of advanced waste sorting facilities in Hong Kong and what can be done to get us back on track for better reuse and recycling here. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. Well, it hasn't been good news recently for reduce, reuse and recycle here in Hong Kong. First, implementation of the MSW charging scheme is delayed until April 2024. And now New Life Plastics, the plastic recycling plant in Eco Park, is temporarily closed, we hope, because too few plastic bottles are making their way into the system for recycling. So what can be done to get us back on track to better reuse and recycling here in Hong Kong? Well, as often here at Trash Talk, we turned to Trash Talk veteran Nigel Matravers of Alba to ask that question. (laughs) And you know what he said? He said advanced waste sorting facilities. So we've got Nigel back on the show to tell us and explain to us more about it. Nigel, welcome to the show. Marcy, thank you for having me back. No, it's great to see you. If We've talked before about sorting facilities, but it, it seems like Hong Kong seems ripe for it more. Maybe they've changed a little bit. So maybe you can talk about the characteristics of Hong Kong's waste that are leading you, again, to say, sorting facilities, Hong Kong, sorting facility. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, the principal problem is that Hong Kong is still producing uh, a lot of waste. Um, municipal solid waste, as we call it, which is things that come from home and from businesses, uh, amounts to over 11,000 tonnes a day. Um, and, and sadly, that's increasing uh, by about 5% a year. Now, there's obviously been pro- problems with COVID, uh, which has probably made the matter worse. And the current figures don't reflect other advances that government has made in terms of banning certain materials, like plastics, and other initiatives that they've recently brought in with respect to collection centres. But nonetheless, it, it's, it's still a very large amount, um, and we're running out of facilities uh, to take this material. Um, Hong Kong is progressively getting even more congested than it ever was uh, with the new developments uh, planned in the new territories and on Atlanta tomorrow. And so the existing facilities we've got have already become uncomfortably close uh, to their neighbours. So it's vital that we move material away from landfill and recover those materials and make best use of them uh, for the benefit of Hong Kong as a whole. That's right. Right. So we've talked before, currently there's, it's kind of this single stream world, right? Batteries go to one place, plastic goes to another place, polystyrene goes to one place, metals goes to another place. So then the sorting facilities maybe would be the opportunity that household waste could be collected all together and sent to a more centralized location. Well, Ideally, um, we would try and still separate the waste close to home um, because then the efficiency of the sorting facilities becomes higher. Uh, so things like batteries, yes, you want to take them straight away uh, from, the, from the waste stream. Uh, lots of bulky metals, again, the same is said. 
the material that's going to landfills at the moment is very mixed. Uh, so it's everything you can think of in terms of packaging materials uh, together with still a lot of food waste and virtually anything else people can think of. There is no real disincentive as it stands not to use a landfill. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the landfill charging scheme has been sadly been delayed. And so at the moment, why do anything else? Um, however, the landfills that we do have are filling up and soon will be closed. Uh, we're looking to build new incinerators, but they won't have enough capacity as it stands. So it's essential that we try and recover more of this material. In a perfect word, uh, for something like the new territories, I, the, you know, the northern metropolis, I should say, then we could actually introduce a new collection system where we have the black bag waste, you might call the residual waste, which is part of the government plan. Then all the other material that looks like it can be recycled, which is packaging, glass, cans and everything else, could go in another bag, which is the kind of thing that's done in Germany. And then those materials that have in a yellow bag or similar can quite easily be recycled and actually then reduces significantly the amount that will be in the black bag going off to incineration or landfill. Mm. So that would be the ideal way. And I still think there's actually an opportunity now, while these um, new towns are being designed, that that could be incorporated. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about the bags now, okay, so you've got this. So then theoretically you could potentially in that yellow bag, put your metal, plastic, paper, etc. And maybe we should take a moment then for you to describe how these amazing sorting facilities, which with AI, etc., are just getting better and better, you know, separate that out efficiently. Yes, the technology has moved on. I've worked on some of these facilities in the early 2000s and they were relatively crude, uh, what could be done. Uh, but now, because there's a pressure to improve and to recover more materials, then the technology has enabled that to happen. Uh, and so there's a mixture, first of all, of separation you know, through drums and the like of the material. Uh, magnets are in place and reverse magnets <laughs> to take out the aluminium and the like uh, called eddy current separators. They can deal with that material. And then the waste can pass through different screens where the cardboard is separated from the paper. And then the use of optical separators uh, enables then the different plastics to be separated into their different types um, and other materials as well. And then as it gets further on now, then the role of uh, robots comes in. Uh, robots are much better in many ways than the picking station because they can recognize the different types of materials that a human can't see. So they could be programmed to see what type of plastic, which to the human eye looks the same as the next one, but in fact is different. Hmm. Uh, and so by doing this now, we've actually got the opportunity to recover materials like plastic films, uh, which we were never able to do before. And now the technology to take that plastic film and convert them into oil, which can then go to the chemical industry. Uh, so there's a constant evolution 
uh, of the technology. Uh, which technology you use depends very much on the feedstock that you've got. Um, and it, it could still include single stream, which people used to call a dirty murf. Uh, and in that case, you put extra elements at the beginning to take out the food waste uh, and other material that may have gone in there. Um, so it, it's moving on a pace, uh, mm. certainly with the use of AI and, and robots. Wow. And that that is crazy that you can actually see the different types of the seven different types of plastic and separate them out. Yes, well, it's certainly done with the optical separators because they're programmed to determine the principal types. Uh, but then the, the robots can actually do with the subtypes of material. Mm. And the whole advantage of this is that you're producing a very clean feedstock. Then that can then go to the reprocessors. Now, this actually then supports the reprocessing industry in Hong Kong. Because at the moment they say, well, we can't get the feedstock or it's too dirty, it's too mixed up. But we're using this technology, then they've got a much better feedstock to work on. Um, so, yes, it's, it's, it's quite amazing really how these things have moved on. So then theoretically from that sorting facility, could uh, plastic could then go to, for instance, new life plastics? Yes. Or as their other, feedstock. And it would yeah, be pretty as, clean. As a, yes, yes. And the advantage of that, and having much cleaner feedstock, it actually feeds part into the government's uh, agenda for reindustrialization. Uh, be because we're not reverting back to little old ladies on the conveyor belt. Uh, the reindustrialization will be very advanced using very advanced equipment to reprocess this, this material. Mm -hmm. So it ticks that box for government. Um, it also uh, brings the idea of the carbon strategy. We need to reduce the amount of carbon by recovering materials from the waste stream and reprocessing those. There's a significant saving in terms of carbon. So again, it, it ticks that um, ambition as well. Interesting. And another question, just diving back into the sorting facility. The optimum world, of course, is that you'd have three bags. You'd have your yellow bag for recycling. You'd have, I guess, your your black bag for non-recyclables. But would you then have your gray bag, your brand, whatever bag, for organics? Yes, uh, it, 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 that's ideally what would be done. Now, government does have ideas uh, for collecting the food waste, uh, which certainly would help uh, the, the success of the systems. Uh, we now have already got um, OPARC 1 in full operation. OPARC 2 uh, is close behind. I think it'll be ready next year or so. And there are plans ahead for what's called OPARC 3 as well. Um, so with the hope that the, the collection systems will be in place, that will reduce the amount of food waste that will be going into any form of sorting facility. Mm, so then the food waste would have to go to the O-Parks though. Right? Yes, yes, one well, way or other, yeah, for the sensible way, yeah. Right, but it creates less carrying, fewer carbon emissions in the sense that maybe you're not carrying it all the way to the sorting facility and then... Is... Uh, uh, yes, I think most of the carbon emissions are actually in the original production of the materials mm. in the first place. Mm. Um, uh, ideally, 
um, in terms of location. Uh, Hong Kong's had a tradition of building very large facilities, which inevitably have to be built uh, at the edges of the territory. Um, whereas um, the, these uh, sorting facilities can be quite small if, need, if required and could actually be built at community level. Hmm. Uh, or, or therefore reducing a lot of the transportation of the material, um, or it could be built as a larger facility or yeah. series of them. But not um, small enough to go to like the community green stations, not that small. Not quite that small. We are looking at one in Hong Kong at the moment, which is actually can deal with 20 tonnes a day. Mm. Um, and so again, but that's made it being available now because we can use robots to do that work. Mm. Uh, we know there's a shortage of people in Hong Kong to do the work. Uh, so um, using robots can actually work. Um, so it, it depends on the nature. Um, so we've got to really understand the waste flow uh, as well as site availability to determine where they are. Uh, but Hong Kong's been very adventurous before. Uh, we quite happily build caverns. Uh, we're moving a whole sewage works into an enormous cavern uh, to make land available. And we have transfer stations in caverns. So there are many ways uh, of, of dealing with this situation. Right. It's just, but it is taking that action to finally deal with it, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 And I do think that it sounds like the technology is here to take, a, take advantage of. Then can you also talk about the incineration plants and how that dovetails with the sorting facility. I know we've got incineration plants planned, um, but it would be obviously sad to send recyclable materials to incineration. Well, exactly that. And that, uh, and that is where um, Europe and elsewhere are moving to. Um, certainly we've got the first facility, which will be online probably next year or that year afterwards, Shekou uh, Chow. Uh, on the island, it takes about 3,000 tonnes of material a day. There is a second um, plant uh, been identified at Chang Choi in the Western New Territories, uh, which possibly could be 5,000 tonnes a day. Um, but in order to deal with all the material, we need a third one. And sites, I think, for that are difficult to find. Um, one is that because of the size of the facility, access to deliver the material is difficult. Um, both first and second one are able to deliver by sea. Um, but then we've also got the problem of how do you deal with the ash from the facility? And also then getting energy from the plant, you have to negotiate with the energy companies uh, to take uh, the energy. Uh, so the whole series, of, but yes, at the moment we are effectively burning valuable resources. Mm. How we came along with a lot of these sorting facilities originally was to provide fuel for energy from waste plants. That by sorting, you take out a lot of either non-combustible materials, um, hazardous materials, um, but also then materials which have a higher value um, than actually being used as a fuel. Mm. Now, throughout Europe, that is normal now. Uh, we don't build what we call mass waste trans uh, incinerators. It's all secondary recovered fuel. And um, that's the way to go. And so principally you sort the weight in a f within fashion that it will make the 
incinerator more efficient right. uh, than before. So that's another route to go down. If you say, well, we can't do everything else, but at least if we can re make the fuel more efficient, high calorific value, we take out the nasties, then the plant will be more efficient and also it reduce less ash as well. So potentially that could be another direction. Right. That That's a very good reason um, for doing mm. it because the ash is not good stuff to have around. No, got no it's, there's two types, uh, what we call bottom ash, uh, which still needs work done to it before it can be used. And potentially that can be used for road construction and the like. Um, but then we've got what we call the fly ash, um, which is that which is recovered from the before it gets to the stacks. Uh, and that is actually very hazardous uh, because all the um, nasty chemicals are, are contained there. And that has got, there's no option uh, but to take that to landfill. Yeah. So the more we can reduce the amount of ash we produce, the better it's going to be. Right. And and once again, the, the less kind of liquid and the better quality the stock is, the the cleaner the ash is and the less the ash is, correct? Because the higher you burn yes. the, at the burn rate of the facility, the more the ash. Yes. So why are you trying to burn things that won't burn quite fundamentally? Yeah. Uh, I've taken other items as well, like batteries and things like that. So are there, is there anything that trash talkers can do? I mean, trash talkers are trying to reduce and reuse, right? And recycling is getting a little bit depressing. Um, <laughs> it was, it used to be just depressing because you couldn't use the street, um, the street recycling facilities. I don't think anyone uses those right now. Um, but also just even knowing your best attempts aren't, are main, are just ending up going to trash. So, is there any way that we could support, um, you know, getting the government rallied on a, on more recycling and a sorting facility to create more yeah. recycling? Yeah. Don't ignore the facilities <laughs> that there are there. Uh, government is working very hard and has spent a lot of money, uh, on the community recycling centers, um, and the green centers and the like. Um, so please continue. Uh, to uh, to use those facilities, um, but yes, that I mean, one of the reasons I'm talking to you is to encourage that discussion now. <laughs> to say to government, uh, we've tried landfills; uh, they, they were very good landfills, but we're running out. Uh, we're moving towards uh, energy from waste, but that's still problematic, and not everybody wants them in their backyard. Um, we do want to recover the materials. We know that these, this is done elsewhere, particularly in Europe, but also in the States, Canada and elsewhere. Uh, and why don't we do this? Because uh, it will make our efforts to separate our own material a, a great deal easier. Uh, so, yeah, this is part right. of my pitch. Keep talking <laughs> about it, right? Yes, it. I suppose Rethink is coming up. That'll Let's see if we can get some things going on there. All right. Well, Nigel, thank you so much for your time and for that explanation and for not giving up. <laughs> Absolutely. None of us can give up. <laughs> you can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. 
Many thanks once again to you, Marcy, for this week's Trash Talk. And as usual, Trash Talk will be back again next Monday after the 10 o'clock news.